welcome to the Still Study Podcast, episode number 50, here on this Saturday, June 18th, 2022. Very excited to be joining all of you today out there in Steelers Nation, Yin's beautiful studians, full-length podcast here today. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things. This is the time of the year when there's not a ton of news. But we are going to talk about Minka Fitzpatrick's contract, what that means in terms of the Steelers' salary cap. I was reading an interesting article about players who could be traded in between now and camp from the Steel Curtain website, an article by Andrew Falco. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Some points by Jerry Dulac from his recent chat that I wanted to bring up and discuss a bit. Colin Cowherd blasting the Steelers for signing their players to monster deals. We're going to talk about that, and then we'll wrap up with discussing Coach Tomlin and how many years he has left with this organization because he is entering his 16th season. We're going to cover all that and more in today's podcast. But as always, want to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you for being a supporter of The Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. I would love to connect with you. We can make that happen one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles at the bottom of the page. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy@gmail.com, And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Every Saturday, I do the Steelers Saturday Mailbag, in which I do just that. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. You drive the content. You make it happen. So let's connect. And also, please be reminded of the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. Jim and I are recording every other week this offseason. We'll be coming to you next week to cover whatever is going down in Steelers news. Jim is super insightful and knowledgeable about your Pittsburgh Steelers, having covered the team since 1995, so you don't want to miss it. Check it out. It is linked in the show notes. So, studyings. Again, hodgepodge of topics here we're going to discuss today. Excited to do that with you. We will start with Minka Fitzpatrick's contract. Dude got paid. A lot of different stories here. Not just the fact that he got his contract. He was doing something similar to what TJ Watt did last year in training camp. The hold-in process. He was doing that in OTAs and minicamp. And there was concern and speculation that potentially Fitzpatrick would do a hold-in in camp this year if the contract wasn't done. But that does not even need to be a question. It's not going to be a distraction because the contract is completed. And now Fitzpatrick is the highest paid safety in the National Football League. And really, the Steelers have three elite defenders with Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick. They're all inked. More than likely, they will all finish their careers with the Steelers, Fitzpatrick probably has one more contract that he's going to have to wrap up, but it's exciting to see that this is done. And after the signing, there is actually a salary cap savings. The Steelers are now almost $23 million under the cap. They do have 
some space to play with if they wanted to sign another player. And there are several things that they can do in terms of restructuring contracts, contract extensions to free up monies. So maybe we'll see that. And remember, Khan is the cap wizard. But the deal is done. Steelers still have to sign Kenny Pickett. That hasn't happened. But they are $23 million under the cap after the Fitzpatrick signing. Something else I wanted to mention about the Mika Fitzpatrick signing is my favorite and your favorite, Colin Cowherd, who is a Steelers basher. There's no way around it. Put the Steelers on blast because of the signing, saying that the Steelers need to scale back on the big raises for defensive guys. That they're overpaying, that it's not a wise decision. Whatever. When you have elite defenders like the Steelers have, you make sure they're compensated and paid. Defense wins championships. I know that this defense hasn't done much the past few years, but Minka Fitzpatrick is a top safety, an elite safety. Now he's the highest paid safety. I get it. You don't want to tie up all of your capital on a few players, but when you have guys like Minka, you've got to get the deal done. And they did. And now they're set on the back end. Terrell Edmonds will be alongside him. Continuity. And depending on how Akella Witherspoon and Cameron Sutton play, this could be a decent secondary this coming season. There was an article on Steel Curtain by Andrew Falco. Again, just looking at some topics to discuss here today. And the article by Falco focused on players who could possibly be traded this offseason. And he gives three names. There's not, they're not really big time names. There's one big name on here. I'll go through them, but just wanted to talk about is it possible for the Steelers to unload any of their guys? So he has Ulysses Gilbert as being a potential trade casualty inside backer. There's a possibility there. He hasn't produced much in his time with the Steelers. He did have the big splash play last year on special teams. But with Mark Robinson coming in with Buddy Johnson, it is an overcrowded room at inside backer. So maybe the team could look for a market for him. But I don't think you're even going to get a seventh rounder for him. So not sure I see Falco's perspective here. Maybe he thinks he's a bit more valuable than that, but... If you can get a seventh form, great. I would say do it, but I don't just see teams in need of special team or inside linebackers. Yeah, I know he's got athleticism and speed, but it's never really equal to anything on the field. He also has Carlos Davis listed here as a potential trade body, nose tackle. The thinking behind this is with Montrevis Adams and Tyson Alualu being on the squad that it makes Davis dispensable 
And sure, it makes sense. But again, you're not getting more than a seventh round draft pick for Carlos Davis. And I don't see anybody even giving that up. If you can get a seventh rounder for him, great. I don't see it happening. But I can't see his justification being that it is crowded at the nose position. Then his biggest name that he has on the list here is Deontay Johnson, wide receiver. We know that he is in the fourth year of his deal. He wants a new contract. The Steelers are not going to pay him top money. Possibly you can look to ship Johnson here, but then that's going to put all the pressure on Chase Claypool and on your rookie wide receivers. I don't know if you really want to do that to Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. If you could get good capital for him, I doubt you're getting a first rounder for Johnson, maybe a second, maybe a second and a fourth, but I don't know if that's worth it. I think you let him play the year out, see what he does, try to reach a contract extension for him, and if not, then it is what it is. Are there any players from my perspective that I could see the team moving or shipping? Terrell Edmonds has popped into my head a couple times when I've been thinking about trades because of the signing of DeMonte Casey and thinking about how potentially Trey Norwood develops in his second year. Edmonds is only signed to a one-year deal, so he would have to be moved sometime in camp, but... If they feel strong about Casey and Norwood, maybe it makes Edmonds expendable. Again, I don't think you're going to fetch a lot for him. But I could see a scenario where something like that occurs. Other than that, I don't really foresee any players being really trade eligible or worthwhile. But it was an interesting take by Falco. Wanted to talk about it here. And so there you have it. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I love reading Jerry's work and I am critical of Jerry at times. I'm not being a jerk, but sometimes he says things that eh, I don't necessarily agree with. But there are a couple things I wanted to discuss that Jerry brought up in his chat this week. Number one being, he doesn't rule out the possibility of Joe Hayden returning to the Steelers, which I think is very interesting. Again, just talking about the secondary earlier, you've got Akello Witherspoon, who's going to take over for Hayden. You've got Cam Sutton, who's going to be opposite side. You have Levi Wallace, who's going to be your third corner. And then at the slot corner, we know that Trey Norwood got some work there last year. They're going to have Arthur Millette back. Carlin Platel's getting some looks in minicamp, according to Wexel. So you can't say that they're necessarily deep at the position. So it's a possibility. 
He wouldn't be brought in as a starter. If there was an injury, he could be inserted into the lineup as a starter. He would provide nice veteran depth. So that would make sense. But in terms of the likelihood, I think Hayden just sold his house in Pittsburgh, and that would be a pain in the ass. (laughs) Moving sucks. And I know that that wouldn't be a reason to for him not to return, but if he really thought there was a chance or an opportunity for him to come back to this team, don't you think he would have held on to his place a little bit longer? Trust me, I would be all in favor of this. I just don't see it happening. I don't think there's any merit to it. I think it was just something that sounded nice that Dulac put out there. <laughs> Moving is terrible. There are three things that I hate in life. Moving, traffic, and waiting in line. And and getting hit in the face or in the head. Four things. There's the four things I hate. Just thought I'd throw that in there. And then Dulac made another comment that I thought was worthy of discussion. And that that was... that the Steelers think an awful lot of Isaiah Loudermilk. And that's good to know. Remember, they traded up in the 2021 draft to get Loudermilk in the fifth round. Remember, they didn't even have a fifth round pick, but they moved up to get him. He needed a lot of work physically to develop. So it sounds like there may be some optimism around Loudermilk and the fact that they haven't done anything else at the defensive end position after to its retirement, maybe that speaks volumes to what they believe they have in Loudermilk. You know, that's one position I will be watching closely throughout training camp and throughout the preseason just to see how those players coalesce and come together and to see what they are capable of doing when healthy. And I wanted to close out today's show by talking about Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin who has become synonymous with the team. He's coached for 15 years. He's entering year number 16. As much as Bill Cower, the chin, is someone who is synonymous with Pittsburgh, her, whose image comes to mind whenever you think of him, Mike Tomlin has become that guy as well. And... Tomlin exceeded Cowher's win record as a head coach last season. Currently, his overall career mark as a head coach is 154 victories, 85 losses, and two ties. And you'd have to think that this year, barring a massive collapse, he'll hit 160 wins 
the one area where Tomlin can improve is his postseason record. He owns an 8-9 win-loss total in the postseason. Hasn't had much postseason success as of late. And I'm sure he's looking for that to change. Is this a playoff team this year? The defense is a playoff unit. Their running game has the potential to be playoff caliber. It's just what are you going to get from that passing attack with Mitchell Trubisky as your guy or a rookie in Kenny Pickett. And Tomlin has never had a losing season as a head coach, which is just mind-boggling when you think about it. And last year, you want to talk about tremendous coaching jobs. Think of everything that had to be overcome last season. Remember that putrid offensive line, the abysmal run defense. Ben Roethlisberger and his declining skill set. Remember all those pieces. And somehow Tomlin still made it work. They made the postseason. Now they got trounced in the postseason, but it may have been one of his finest efforts as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Tomlin doesn't get enough credit oftentimes. And in fact, he gets his fair share of criticism, if not more than a fair share at times. We're all too familiar with the concept of the Tomlin special that is underperforming and playing down to below average teams and losing games that they have no business losing. You know what I'm talking about when I say that. He gets beat up on that. He gets beat up for being a player's coach. A lot of people interpret that as, especially during the Le'Veon Bell era and the Antonio Brown era, that it's an undisciplined unit. It's an undisciplined bunch of guys. Tama needs to drop the hammer. I mean, come on. What does that, what does that even mean? You can't... You're, you're managing adults. You're leading adults here. You can have expectations, but this isn't the Wild West. The head coach isn't a sheriff. But anyway, the question I wanted to ask and discuss here is how much more time does Tomlin have left as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know, heading into 16 years... How much longer do you think he'll put into this game before he does call it quits and retires? And I think this is this is at least my take on it. And this is what I think Tomlin's mindset is. Is he wants to show what he can do with this team without Ben Roethlisberger. Because a lot of people assert that Tomlin's success is the result of Big Ben. And that if it wasn't for Big Ben, he would not boast the 
15 years without a losing record stat. I think Tomlin wants to show that he could do that. He wants to show that he can have his guy that he selected, and that's Kenny Pickett, that he can help groom and develop a franchise quarterback and ultimately win games in a Super Bowl. I think that's his mindset right now. That's what he wants to prove. Here's what I'll say. Tomlin is, he's a Hall of Famer head coach right now. Many of you may not agree with that. But I think he's got the the numbers to do it. He's got the hardware to pull it off. But if he's able to win a Super Bowl with Kenny Pickett or with a quarterback not named Ben Roethlisberger, not only is he going to be a lock Hall of Fame head coach, he's got to be in discussion of one of the top 10 head coaches in the NFL of all time. There's not enough credit given to Mike Tomlin. He's the model of consistency. He's not perfect. But we would be best served to make sure that we appreciate all that he does and brings to the city of Pittsburgh and the Steelers. And that's going to do it. That's it. That's the end of episode 50. Can't believe hit number 50 here with all of you. I appreciate all of you being supporters of the Still Study. That truly does mean the world to me. Thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing weekend with your family and friends. I'll be back on Monday kicking off another seven straight days of study sessions. Now remember next week, Jim and I are recording a Still City Insider podcast. There will not be a Still City, excuse me, there will not be a Still Study podcast. There will be seven straight days of study sessions, including one on Sunday. I am going seven days a week now with the podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Wrapping up the death depth chart analyses that is underway. That's going to be concluded by my first 53-man roster projections. So be on the lookout for that. I would love to connect with you. You know, you know how to make that happen. I'm not going to repeat that to you. Comment, email, tweet. If you want to check out the most recent podcast with Wex, it's linked in the show notes. Don't forget that the Still Study is now on Apple Podcasts. Check that out. Leave me a review, a rating. It helps me build this site. You know I appreciate you. And just have a phenomenal, phenomenal day. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week. Here on The Still Study. Take care, everyone. Peace.